Hey, this is a Hakawadi production. My guest today is the host of the Damiri podcast, a show where he interviews a bunch of people, including activists, feminists, journalists. He's also a documentary filmmaker and a producer. He's originally Libyan, but now he's based in the UK. And the reason we have him here today is to talk about the podcasting industry, where it's going, what it's all about, and how you can develop your own podcast. Please welcome Tarek Elmeri. Hi, Tarek. Welcome to my podcast. Hello. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you. Um, I wanted to start with this. Uh, just an overview of the industry. Podcasting is growing super fast. Revenues from podcast advertising are projected to grow almost 15% this year, despite COVID, to nearly about a billion dollars, which is still small potatoes compared to the radio industry, which is $42 billion uh, globally per year, and the music industry, which is $51 billion per year. But it's all about growth, right? So... Um, It's growing much faster than both of those industries. And that's because more people are listening. So why do you think people are really getting into podcasting? Um, it's so exciting to, to see it in those frames and, and big numbers. But to me, it's a, it's a very interesting angle. Like I, I play in this duality of being a listener, a consumer at the same time being a, a, a podcaster myself. But I think it's really because we're all tired, we're all exhausted, and we are overused and abused on the scrolling feeds, on the likes, on the share, the social media frequency of uh, this very, um, how do you say, uninteresting uh, consumption of information, almost uh, recyclable and has no depth. So I think we generally are seeking something much more meaningful, uh, and podcasts, does deliver on that. Uh, the length, obviously, uh, you know, having that freedom of, of exchanging on ideas for anywhere from half hours to hour lengths uh, is something that is a luxury when it comes to social media frequency and the visual element of things when, when it comes to news and information. Um, the other side, the flexibility of listening where uh, you don't have to make time for it it's not a youtube channel uh, it's not a television show you could be uh, on your day-to-day -day walk you could be on your commute you could be doing the laundry you could be doing your dishes you have your headphones and it could switch completely to a passive experience where all of a sudden you have an invitation uh, from people and you yourself inviting people to be in your space. Uh, one of my experiences of the media, I'm, I'm recently trying to collect information from my listeners and she basically shuts the door to her office. Uh, she puts the podcast on speaker and she's like, ta-da, all of a sudden I have two people telling me about something that I really want to know about. So uh, I guess it's that switch of... Uh, from the frugal, uh, shallow exchange of information uh, to the deep, the big space, the invitation to use our imagination and not just be fixated on a screen is the main attractive point, according to my experience. Yeah, well, both of those reasons make so much sense. And definitely, I totally agree with you. Um, that being said, this is a business show. And 
I, I also like to think about it from a business perspective, because I feel like in the Middle East, the podcast industry is still kind of lagging behind. I mean, everything always lags behind a little bit like the US. And I imagine that the UK is the same thing. Um, but I heard, for example, that the New York Times makes more money advertising on its daily news podcast than they do in their newspaper, which to me is a clear sign that the world has really had a paradigm shift, um, which is obviously uh, linked to these reasons that you talked about. People are tired of the superficial stuff and and there's this trend towards wanting to uh, have something more meaningful when you're consuming content. And then there's also this uh, on-demand uh, thing, which I think you didn't mention, which is great, um, that people are used to now. It's no longer like you're so passive that you just wait for whatever comes on, but but podcasting really allows you to choose exactly what you want to listen to, which is, you know, which is not something that you get on radio or TV. Um, so it's kind of the equivalent of Netflix in that sense. And like you said, it's on the go. But the the fact that we are consuming things in a totally different way uh, means that, you know, advertisers are going to have to keep up if they want to keep people's attention. So I know you like to think of it from the aspects that you talked about, but what are your thoughts on advertising and podcasting in the sense of how do you think that advertising would be different um, if it was being used on podcasts as opposed to a more passive, broader, or shows with a broader audience that would be playing on the radio or on TV, for example? Um, to be honest, uh, it sounds, uh, from what I consume from the same time, from what I intend to do in order to monetize the operation that I'm producing myself on the media podcast and others is advertising really has to be smarter really has to be much more nuanced and much more personal because uh, now you have uh, not just one massive show that encompasses all people's attention now you have a variety of shows like you mentioned the men's room is a business podcast uh, the media is a storytelling podcast uh, hakawati has many branches and others that and and each audience has a certain expectation each audience has a specific need uh, so if we think of it in, in a way that we're delivering this very catered experience in terms of content, in terms of story, in terms of information, in terms of insights on what's happening on the business world, the advertisers have to play on those frequencies as well and get the attention of the people there uh, along the same playing field, if you may. And that translates itself into uh, potentially, if, if, they, if they can stomach it, uh, voice host-led advertising, uh, very personalized, uh, at the same time, uh, something that fi fixes a specific need or problem for that particular audience, as opposed to here's a, a general basket of, of services that they just want to push everywhere. Uh, and you're right in thinking that there's a hunt for this thing, because the attention is shifting at the same time uh the news hours or the programming on tv is not attracting people sitting down even older generations are sitting down uh playing on their phone uh, as opposed to um, engaging with the content itself so uh, podcast being what it is a, a a consumption individual experience on the phone through voice they can also hit uh, a, a broader uh, spectrum 
of generations of age groups uh i've had uh, an exchange and a collaboration celebrating the international uh, podcast day with a basket of shows in 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 the region including uh some in jordan some in oman uh and al jazeera network which completely is is focused on this and their message is we have a big slice of viewership that does not watch anymore are not on the big screen anymore so we are trying to go where they are so uh advertising definitely has to be smarter it has to be much more personal and it has to be really useful because Uh, you know this more than I do uh, based on the content that you lay out and, and the important information that you produce that your audience is smart. So uh, it, they're, they're, they're not going to be swayed by anything mass produced, anything that does not really speak to their day-to-day -day demands, issues and problems and view of the world. Well, I think you have a pretty smart audience as well. Tell everyone what your podcast is all about. Um. You're definitely putting me on a spotlight because I don't. I've I've never done this in, in English before. I've done few in Arabic. So uh, uh, and I'm quite intimidated by your audience knowing. <laughs> let me ask how, you. Let me ask you in Arabic. How spoiled? How how spoiled they are? You know, yeah. uh, having you as a host. Oh, so. stop, please. Shuhaida el podcast. Yeah, yeah, Habibi. That was terrible. <laughs> I think we better continue in English. Uh, so, it's sorry, still a uh, hundred times the, better than mine. My Arabic. Shwaya, uh, the, the the sound kind of glitched a bit. So oh, I, I heard the laugh. I, he I heard the laugh, but I did not hear the delivery. Sorry. It's probably better that way. But please go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell us what your podcast is all about. Um, it, it it's It's filtered out. itself to be after many iterations uh, and this is the fourth season now uh, to this simple sentence that might sound super cheesy at first but please bear with me uh, it, it's it's the, the main tagline is the pursuit of the good life Uh, so uh, and the good life is between quotations so it's basically investigating what entails a good life in the modern day we live in on many frequencies uh, business frequency uh, mental health uh, journeys conflicts uh, on on a you know regional scale personal scales uh, and that filters itself to be an exchange between myself who's a host interviewer slash documentarian filmmaker with people with a variety of experiences in the field of work in the field of uh, broadcast uh, and I take them on a journey to tell their stories share their conflicts uh, and and trials and and issues of life uh, anywhere between um, issues with family, uh, again, stressing on the mental health, uh, suicide and recovery, uh, PTSD, which is a major issue in the region, in Libya specifically, where I come from, uh, leading to successful ways to dealing and coping with these things, uh, practically, um, and complemented with presenting a new idea, a new philosophy, a new tried way of life, way of thinking, to the audience to to be able to take this and have conversations with their friends uh take this and use it into their day-to-day -day. Uh, i had um a, an entrepreneur who's uh developed a chewing gum that is 
Super Instagrammable, uh, amazing looking, uh, vegan, environmentally friendly, basically fixes this very garbage-like uh, chewing gum that we all consume, whether it's the Wrigley's or, or the obvious ones, into this very slick looking something that you put in your purse or, or you go out on a, on, a, on a day out. Her story, aside from that, being a new mom, uh, dealing with being bicultural, bilingual, uh, has been so inspiring to so many people to actually quit their jobs and start their entrepreneurial mission. Uh, obviously by inspiration, not so much by design, but yeah, there is there is so much that goes on after consuming each story and each episode. And it's been really um, an amazing journey for me personally to be able to live in the moment. Because for those two hours, two hours and a half, uh, sometimes more sessions of interviews, I am so in the moment listening and and entertained and inspired by the very generous personalities and characters that I get to meet uh, week in and week out. Obviously, you're super passionate about what you do, um, and, and it seems like a worthy endeavor that you're doing um, with a broader mission. And I was reading an article about the main reason that people fail with their podcasts, because, you know, everyone wants to podcast now, right? Especially like in, in the US, like if anyone who's anyone has a podcast, and it's kind of catching on here. I feel like I see it more and more. People seem a bit confused, though, as to what's the purpose and stuff. But, but what I read is that the main reason they fail when they start it is that a lot of people started podcasts uh, doing it for what they think that people want to hear or what's missing in the market, um, but that really what people should do if they want to have a successful podcast is to do something that they really believe in, uh, that are passionate about, um, and that seems that, that that's what you're doing. But what is your like mission? What's your purpose uh, with your podcast, like ultimately? Um, it's it's. Kind of interesting that point, that continuity factor. It is so hard to <laughs> to start this thing, to maintain this thing, and to find enough momentum to actually see the point. So, yes, uh, there's so many uh, bits of information and insight on this that tells you if you're lucky and you happen to actually succeed beyond episode number seven, then you have a fighting chance to have a to have a a podcast that actually would exist beyond and actually have some fruitful uh, results for you and the audience that you intend to have. The other side is podcasts are kind of different animals and have different purposes. Like I, I obviously I'm in the zone. And as you said, I'm so inspired and so uh, excited about this. So every now and again, I don't know if this happens to you or not. Like sometimes you're in coffee shops, especially now during covid Everyone is masked up and everyone is stressed out, but you kind of crave human interaction. So a couple of weeks ago, I was eavesdropping on a conversation and it happens to be these two PR execs and, 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 and a person in the media industry. And they're all trying to understand this podcast thing. And part of their research, and, and, and I'm sure you, your audience is going to take a different view on me, I'm... I, and, The spying and eavesdropping is not one of my hobbies, but it just they just have to happen to drop the word podcast. So, and their insight, uh, they say, as long as you know who your audience is, and as long as you get the attention of the audience, that be a hundred people, that be two thousand people, that be fifty, then that's it. You're done. It, it might be the experience that you're looking to create, or the value that you're looking to output into the world. 
has reached its goal. It does not have to be for everyone. It does not have to reach everyone to be cross-sectional or multi-countries or regions. Uh, it might just be, you know, those hundred execs that work in fashion, or it could be the, uh, the, for example, I produce this podcast called Libya Matters, who uh, their main focus is to reach embassies, decision makers, uh, geopolitical uh, figures that have insight and have control and decision making on UN level. And they happen to have 500 downloads a week and that's way more than the people that they intend to talk to. Uh, when it comes to mine, the, Miri, uh, the mission as mentioned is this constant pursuit and understanding of what this uh, life we live in entails and how to deal with the day-to-day -day struggles and how to be inspired by others is sort of the main layer on the outside of it. But it is really... Uh, how do you say it's 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 satisfying a thirst that i have for stories and to be honest with you um it is literally the very few moments during the week where i am in the moment and as many people uh, told me after having the sessions and after having interviewed and, and being on episodes with me uh, the main sort of reaction is like oh this has been a therapy I've never felt like this before. I never told my story this way before. I've never thought about my life in this way. Uh, I, I am the main beneficiary of this actual therapy because it helps me reflect and it helps me to disconnect and it helps me not to think of tomorrow or the planning of the next meeting or what happened before. So it is actually my therapy and I'd much rather do that than then go to a therapist every week. So <laughs> it, is, it, it is hitting that mental health frequency for me personally. But what, what I like it to be is to, to be this ever going um, place where stories from our region are told through our voices and our experiences. And it gives a chance to uh, people in, in countries like Libya, where I come from, to be seen as normal and not to be seen uh, completely differently or be thought of only when there's a conflict and only when there's breaking news. Um, and aside from that, it's it's all the goodness of sharing information directly, uh, speaking in a very um, human, humble way that attracts people. Uh, this friendliness, you know, of people feeling that they are part of the conversation and they can listen to conflicting opinions uh, without judgment, without over-politicized conversations that happen on social media or Twitter and, and so on. But the main structure of it and the main reason it goes is I'm not putting too many restrictions on it. Uh, on the financial side, there are advertisers lined up. Uh, there are hosted episodes, uh, which are from CEOs and heads of uh, institutions slash companies that fit the profile of a Demiri guest and fit the cause of pursuing the good life and sharing information with people to be inspired to have better ways of thinking, better ways of living. So uh, the business side, it is quite growing and, and much faster than I've anticipated. Uh, the numbers as well, it's it's beyond 25,000 downloads a month. I'm hoping to grow that much further to, to increase the reach. Um, and yeah, I, I'd say 
the main goal that's helped me looking at it and, and, and not overjudging it immediately is I'm not stopping this thing until episode 500. How many episodes do you have now? Um, last week we posted episode 36. Uh, the title was I am Libyan. I'm a Libyan Jew. Yeah. Are you a Libyan Jew? No, not me. It's oh, yeah. the guest. Yeah, I uh, saw that it was the guest. I was just wondering why you did that episode. So uh, how often do you release a new episode or a new show? Every Tuesday morning. So once a week. week. Okay. And you're doing great, by the way, because you're an indie podcaster. Some people do them, you know, with networks or they're hired by someone to, to create a podcast. You've really done your own thing and you're doing amazing. Would you say that a lot of your audience is Libyan or who, who are you reaching? 50% Libyan. Uh, my number three city is Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, I have people listening from Algeria, uh, big section of that um it is expanding but i'm sure you notice that every every person you bring they bring along some of their following and people who are curious around them and that grows in different and sort of frequencies like this last episode i've got so much interest from jordan for example on on speaking about this arab jewish identity of of jews that lived and belonged to the arab world that were Uh, pushed away from it that wanting to understand their journey uh, and that seems to invite a much bigger audience than the Libyan audience so uh, initially it's it was 100% focused Libyan and then it opened up a bit it opened up some more and I'm so fixated on the ideas and journeys and I think they matter much more than the localities of it or the ethnicity slash national level of it and and I still can't figure out uh, Saudi Arabia, to be honest, generally, but um, <laughs> I've had this talk a lot with Hiba Fisher, uh, CEO of Kerning Cultures, that uh, it's it could potentially be the highways or the cars or the long drives. But yeah, um, Saudi Arabia is, is one of the, uh, Riyadh specifically is one of the largest uh, audiences I do have. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's a combination of things. First of all, it's a huge market and they're also a very young population. So, you know, they're adopting podcasting as part of their lifestyle, probably at a higher rate than some of the other countries around the region. But yeah, it's interesting because it's not, you know, it's not the population that you think it is necessarily. We all have these tropes in our minds about certain people in certain countries. And, you know, it's changing so fast in the region that those things are not necessarily true. Um, but do you ever have like imposter syndrome? Like, why me? Who am I to have a show and talk to, you know, 25,000 people a week to put stuff into their heads? Um. <laughs> Is that just me? <laughs> No, no, I feel I feel like you, I, I want to book a therapy session with you because I'm feeling that all the time. <laughs> I want to I want to like resolve this issue through. But uh, to be honest, it was the biggest barrier. And I think everyone goes through this. And I think a lot of people listening will probably think, oh, he probably has this documentary sense or he's probably lived through difficult challenging stories. I'm like, so is everyone I talk to. So is everyone I meet. So is everyone around us i just happen to be uh i have just happened to capitalize on a moment where i'm feeling you know what i'm going to do this for six episodes i'm going to record them i'm not going to publish them and i'm going to see what happens and that commitment on its own uh filtered through okay i'm just going to do a season and see what happens and then let's go two and so on so it 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 
it kind of goes away in the background and it comes back but i feel that um and, and this is something hisham matar on, on episode 30 last season mentioned to me uh and and i i sort of brought it to the front line i'm like you are a non-specialist that happens to give himself freedom to talk about things in a way that most people will feel freaked out most people feel panicked because he 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 uh he was going on a tour with his latest book a month in siena basically watching art uh analyzing it connecting with it but he's not a painter he's not an artist he's a he's a writer so he's like you just have to give yourself permission and I give myself permission to be an expert and I'll just talk about it. And, and that kind of really enlightened me to think, you know what, um, I'm just going to roll with this <laughs> because if I don't do it, then who is going to? And it, one of the main drivers of this particular podcast that I've created is it comes from the sense of frustration that um, there isn't any conversation that is similar to the one I want to hear uh, the one I want to consume. Therefore, I took on the responsibility to create it myself. Yeah. See, that makes sense. I'm sure a lot of people um, feel that way. And I don't think you need therapists. I think a lot of people have the imposter syndrome, including very, very successful people. So I think the more we talk about it, the more we realize that, you know, it's it's totally normal. And that's part of questioning yourself to improve what you what you do. And if you don't do that, then, you know, how can you get good at what you do? I think um, also, I think we all have a tendency of not like patting ourselves on the back when something is good. So I think uh, it's a, it's nice to remind each other, especially us like in this business uh, to do that sometimes <laughs> or to uh, those of us who are kind of putting ourselves out there, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Um, but I'm actually surprised that you didn't ask me even one question, Tarek. So I'm going to go ahead and, and, and let you ask me one question before I let you go. <laughs> Just because, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I want to see what you're going to ask me. You know, it's really interesting. And this is also comes from my, uh, my, not necessarily imposter syndrome. This is me reacting to a lot of comments I get. I did this collaboration episode with Mustetfer, a, a, a Saudi podcasters that have been around for five years. There's amazing people. They're, they're co-hosts. And they're like, oh, we found out nothing about Tarek because he doesn't answer anything so i'm like i'm sitting here thinking don't ask questions don't ask questions don't ask her anything just answer the questions so i'm sort of reacting to that but i'm gonna ask you this and and i hope it's not written somewhere um why is it the men's room uh, knowing that you have a variety of guests that not necessarily male and and it's not really super manly one way or another uh is it coming from a specific angle are you educating men to look differently to understand the world as it is today uh, are you are you mansplaining to men Ooh, that's deep i said you could ask me a question i didn't promise i was going to answer but I'm going to try and answer it. I like your last thing. Um, it's pretty simple, actually. It's uh, the idea is that the men's room or uh, the realm of men is where a lot of the things in the world happen. And so to be a woman in that realm who can who can um, be part of the wor that world 
in in this way and to kind of infiltrate that world. That was kind of the idea behind it. Um, and second to that, I feel like we're entering an age where gender is becoming less relevant, even though it seems like it's becoming more relevant. Um, and so that's kind of my way of uh, commenting on, on that by piquing people's curiosity uh, with something that's kind of provocative. You know, when I first started the show, people were like, oh, why is she only, you know, interviewing men? Well, that's not the point. And sometimes I think you just have to like challenge people a little bit or irritate them in order to get their attention. So <laughs> that was the idea. And, uh, you know, and also I've been known uh, to often enter the wrong um the wrong bathroom in public places, <laughs> which kind of sparked the I, idea. I love that, and uh, I think it's 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 the most creative way to to push a conversation and start a new conversation. And, and I've been inspired by you, and I've been really enjoying how sharp, focused, straight to the point, a lot of juicy amazing nuggets of information and experiences that you offer and uh i love the suit i wish i can uh, find out where you got it from i'd love to look good as as good as you look in, in a suit like that that's so sweet you'll have to come to beirut it's a, actually a tailor who whose family business uh, started in beirut so let me know when you're in town i'll hook you up with a suit <laughs> uh, no, I'd love to. I'd love to have coffee and, and see Beirut through your eyes. I've been there a few times and, and I miss it. Um, it holds a special connection to, to my heart and I hope uh, that I get to visit it and, and, and catch up with it. Uh, it's been a while and I know Beirut went, went through a lot recently and I hope uh, things are better. Yeah, yeah. We all wish. We all hope for that. Um, anything you're working on that you want to share with us, talk about before we go? Um, great question. You caught me on the spot because now everything is almost seamless. It's it's like this this weekly um, dance that happens very regularly. Um, this season carries on. We're halfway through. There is uh, six to seven more episodes. It's ending in December. Uh, it's much more versatile. A lot open. It's not Libya centric. Uh, one of the coolest episodes. If your audience is well aware of the. UK scene uh, was Hassan Akkad, which was episode number 31. He's a Syrian filmmaker, refugee activist. He's the guy that made uh, essentially UK government do U-turns, which has changed their minds about few uh, rules and regulations and laws. Uh, he is very inspiring, very heartwarming, uh, an amazing storyteller, photographer and filmmaker, a BAFTA-winning filmmaker. So uh, that's a worthwhile episode. Also, one thing to note is my episodes and, and my podcast in general is bilingual. So it's Arabic and English, sometimes more focused one way or the other. So there is, a, yeah, there's a lot of variety and maybe one episode is more than enough for what are your audiences because there's there's so many every month sounds super interesting best of luck with all of your projects your podcast your films that hopefully you'll be working on in the future and it was great talking to you thank you so much it's been an amazing real pleasure i'd like to take a little moment to thank hakawati and the team for 
welcoming so much, welcoming me so much from the very first moment I started publishing. And and you mentioned we really should tap each other on the back. I've got so many taps uh, and so many pushes and lovely words coming straight from the comment section on your Instagram account, messages, emails. Uh, I love you guys. That's all I'm going to end with. Aw, we love you too. (laughs) Take care. That's it, friends. Make sure you click that subscribe button so you know when a new episode of the podcast is released. And you can find me and Tarek all over social media. We've also included a link to his podcast in this episode's description. See you soon.